Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Today I want to talk to you about what it means to be a mighty oak for the Lord. This is not pie in the sky thinking or theology. It's what God has for us, each one of us, that we would become a mighty oak, a man of God, a mighty oak, a woman of God, And this is God's word for us. And so if you walk with the Lord, if you stick with God, if you press into God, God's going to do something mighty in your life. You're not going to be a noodle. You're not going to be a yo-yo. You're not going to be a train wreck. You're going to be a mighty oak. Can you say amen? amen? You know, forget what you are right now. Forgetting those things that are behind and understanding that God has something for me that he says he's going to make me. In Isaiah, he prophesies that the disciples of Christ, in Isaiah 61, verse 3, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for a purpose, for the display of his splendor. And so God is going to put on you what it looks like to have the name of Christ, what it looks like to be a Christian, what it looks like to have wisdom and discernment and understanding and and integrity and immovable character. God wants to put this on you that you will be an oak of righteousness. This is what it means to be a disciple of Christ. So I want to move you beyond the idea that we just are in the entryway of of salvation. I'm saved. There's more. Amen? There's more. And, And God prophesies it over us back here in the book of Isaiah that this is what the disciples of Christ will be. Amen for me. Amen? For my children. For my children's children. That we will not be waffles. We will not be noodles. We will not be yo yos We will not fade back. We will be mighty oaks, men and women of God. And this is what God has for us. But this is a process. It doesn't happen on day one. But I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to press in. Because it doesn't happen on day one. That's okay. That's okay. I, I can stick with God. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, I've come that they may have life. This is the entryway but they might have it more abundantly. This is the journey. So I I step in through the door of salvation in Christ, but I don't stand at the threshold. There is a walk now that I begin to step into, and and it's a journey, but it's abundant life. It's where things change. It's where you used to be all over the place. Now you're steadfast. You used to be a nervous wreck, but now you're confident in God. He begins to change your mind. He begins to change your vision. He begins to change how you think, how you process, because your thinking gets gets replaced with God's thinking, his principles, how life really works. Guess what? It doesn't work the way you were working it. It works the way he says it works. But I got to know that. Can you say amen? amen? So when we first come to the Lord, we come not knowing anything. We're like the man that Jesus healed of blindness. He said, Here's all I know. He told Pharisees, look, here's all I know. Read it. Here's all I know. Once I was blind, now I see. You know? And so 
spiritual awakening is, is an awesome thing when we come alive, our eyes open up. We begin to see the things of God everywhere. Why, why did I not see this before? It's like, like our, our dear sister that got baptized. My, my eyes are open. I'm no longer blind to all of this. But once I was blind, now I see. I see how things really are. You know, I, I would like to ask the atheist this question. Do you know what it means, this saying means in the Bible, once I was blind, now I see? You know what that means? If I ask the atheist that, the atheist would begin to try to, well, no, they don't know. You don't, just say you don't know, because you don't know. If it hasn't happened to you, if you have not been made alive in your spirit, man, you don't know what you're talking about. But this guy here in the Bible says, look, I do know. Once I was blind, now I see. This is what happened to you. This is what happened to me when we stepped into the things of God. And an atheist cannot know that. They think they know everything, but they don't know anything. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You see, because the atheist will say, I, I don't see it. <laughs> I just don't see it. Yeah, you're blind. You know? <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't get it. I read it. I don't believe it. I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't believe it. Yeah, you're blind. But what happens to us is we come spiritually alive. But there's more. After that, there's more. Your eyes are open. You now become spiritually alive, but a seed of something mighty has been sparked. It's there, but it's a seed. And I want to caution us as Christians that especially in this day and age, we don't think our Christianity is there. Stagnant. Stopped. I got saved. Now I go to church. No, no. There is a walk, a mighty walk in God that he wants to bring you on this journey. Can you say amen? amen. But you have to press into it. Something mighty has been planted in you and it will come alive and grow like a mighty oak. But you have to press into it. Church, it will not fall on you. It will not develop over time just like, you know, like moss. Or like, you know, I don't know if you guys leave your coffee cups out in your garage. But you go back about three weeks later and it's like a, there's a fern. <laughs> well, that's not how your Christianity is going to develop. And there's a danger if we just stay there. You know, uh, I bought some shrubs from Lowe's and there's a guarantee on these shrubs that as long as you water them every day, they'll, they'll, they won't die. You know, and so I, I guess they honor, you know, it's good. They go by the you know, honor code or whatever, because <laughs> you could bring the thing back. We actually had a shrub that we didn't water and it died. But all the shrubs that I did water, they all lived. And I thought, well, that's there you go. There's the, there's the guarantee and so forth. But 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 a lot of times I, I look at it like it's our Christianity. If we don't take care of it, if we don't press, if we don't work on it, if we don't acknowledge the fact that this is going to require something that it is a process. And so Jesus explains this to us in Matthew, the 13th chapter. Would you turn there in your Bibles? <clears throat> rustling of pages, rustling of pages, notebooks, highlighters, red pens. C come on. This is why I brought the big Bible today. I, wanted to, I just wanted to embarrass everyone. <laughs> oh, you didn't bring your big Bible? Well, bring it next time. You know, you should have a Bible that you mark up 
that you highlight, that you write in, that God will open your eyes to and, and so forth. You know, I'm not anti-phone, perhaps. <laughs> but open your Bibles. And you know the other thing, too, about bringing your Bible to, uh, to church? It's like, it's like a statement in the parking lot, you know? <laughs> I'm going somewhere today. God's going to speak to me today. How can you tell? Because of the size of this giant Bible that I have. Amen? <laughs> Man, you must be a real Christian. Yeah. You can't tell that just because you have an iPhone. Everybody has an iPhone. <laughs> this, you walk through the parking lot, people are saying, now that guy is a Christian. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> All right, I made enough of that. But in your Bibles, I want you to circle some words and underline some things and write some notes in there to yourself. It says this in chapter 13 and verse 18. Jesus is talking about how the seed is the word of God. And as the sower, the farmer, goes out to plant. He says, listen in verse 18 to what the parable of the sower means. Verse 19. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand. Now that word understand means to comprehend. It, it, it's, it's being put together, like I put it together. I've worked on this thing. I've comprehended it now. Like a puzzle, I have made the pieces fit together. I'm getting it. I'm starting to get it. Understanding has a, a like, a, it's a built word. This thing gets built. My understanding gets built. And so, it's not enough to just hear. And that's what it says here. They heard the message about the kingdom of God, but does not understand, does not comprehend the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Now, it's funny that the devil comes to you as soon as he can, as quickly as he can, to diminish anything that God would say or anything that, you know, any spiritual truth. He tries to, he tries to undermine it and, and diminish it, and, and he, he makes you dull so that you don't understand it. He snatches away what was sown in his heart, and this is the seed that was sown along the path. In verse 20, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Woohoo! But since he has no root, do you know that the oak tree's root is, is sometimes three times bigger than the canopy that you see? What's under in the root system is three times bigger than the canopy. And, and, and the other thing, too, about these oak trees is their roots go and mix with other oak trees. So if you see an oak tree stand in, in the woods where there might be, you know, 12 or 10 or 12 oak trees all standing together, their roots are all entwined. So this tree that's over here is not getting that much sun, let's say, but it's getting nourishment from that one over there or that much water because that one over there has... So, you know, it's, it's interesting. You talk about crews. Crews are so vital for you in your discipleship because you must connect with other people that have nourishment too. You, you will not be able to do this on your own. And the fact that you try to do it on your own is an indicator that you're not serious about really going deeper with God. When you first start to walk with the Lord, you need to connect with other people that are passionate about God. I don't want to connect with other people that are so-so. Yeah, I went to that church. You know, they got a drummer over there. I don't want to connect. I want passionate people that are digging into the Word of God and they're wondering about what does 666 mean? What is the Battle of Armageddon? 
you know, what is tithing? I want to I want to connect with other passionate people that are pressing in too. And that's how I'm going to grow is I'm going to get with other people that are growing. And so the oak tree root connects out with all the other oak trees. It's a really powerful thing. But this thing here has no root, lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The first stiff wind that blows, this thing topples because it has no root. The one who received the seed that fell along the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. I love the Bible. It's so true. It's the deceitfulness of wealth. You will not find that phrase anywhere else in the universe, but it's in the Bible. The deceitfulness of wealth. It's not until you are on your last leg, you know, getting ready to step into the coffin that you say, wait. What was this all about? And deceitfulness of wealth is saying, no fruit, huh? Wasted your life, huh? Wait, wait, I want to do it over. Too bad. Deceitfulness of wealth. You went after exactly the wrong thing. Amen? This is the one who received the seed that fell among the thorns. The deceitfulness of wealth choked it, making it unfruitful, no fruit. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and comprehends it, puts it together, works it together, dismantles it, pulls it apart, puts it back together again, discovers it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. No shallow Christianity. No surface religion. Haven't you had enough of surface religion? Haven't you had enough of just going through the motions? Don't you want more in Christ? Don't you want more in the Holy Spirit? Don't you want something deeper in God? Don't you want the immovable, unshakable, powerful Spirit of God to be in you, to be flourishing, so that you become an oak of righteousness, especially in this world that we're living in very dark, to display the splendor of God? That person has on them the name of Christ. You can see it on them. You can see it in their lives. You can see it in their home. You can see it on their kids. There's this, this display of God's splendor on that person. Can you say amen? amen? It's going to be a deep spiritual journey. There's going to be growth. There's going to be change. There's going to be adventure. But there's going to be fruitfulness the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 says, go make disciples, not converts, not just say a prayer. Amen? I mean, how many have been thrilled with the, with the sermon series that we're in, discovering the deep things of Jesus Christ? So powerful. And then it reflects on us and we say, God, that's what you have for me too. Amen? So no surface Christianity, no, no subtle little uh, positive sermonettes for you people. We're moving in God. Can you say amen? amen? But here's the danger, especially in these last days, especially with the deceitfulness that's coming down the pike, especially with the persecution that will come down the pike. You say, well, what persecution? Now, I'm not going to be crucified on the cross. Persecution many times is just the pressure for you to fade. There's a pressure of society to shut up, sit down, fade 
back. Look like everyone else. You don't need to look like an oak of righteousness. You don't need to, you don't need to walk strong in the spirit. Fade back. Be a chameleon. Be a noodle. Be a waffle. But I want you to know that's a danger. It's not what God has for us. I don't want to be a wavering Christian. So I want to give you some steps to growing in your discipleship. Number one, steps to growing in your discipleship. Steps to growing strong in your walk with the Lord. Number one, begin to acknowledge that there's so much more to know and to understand about the ways of God. First, you have to acknowledge there's way, way more that I need to know. There's so much more that I need to know. I need to create a dissatisfaction in me or pray and say, God, let there be a dissatisfaction in me with the surface stuff. I don't want to just go through the motions, God. I don't want to be up one day and down the next. I don't want to be a wavering, unstable, unable, incapable Christian. I want to know the deeper things of God. So you have to acknowledge there's so much more to know about the Lord. And, and it doesn't take much to acknowledge that because God is always telling you that, isn't he? There's so much more. There's so much more. And God reveals more and more and more to you. It's an awesome thing. Open my eyes, Lord, to something deeper. Open my spirit, man. Number two, ask God to bring you into a deeper understanding of his truths. Desire to go deeper. See, when you first come to the Lord, you're, 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 you're an infant in spiritual things. And, and an infant in spiritual things doesn't know about anything deeper, doesn't desire anything deeper. You're an infant. The only thing you want is daddy, you know? Eh, eh. Your Christianity is almost, you know, uh, I don't want to say whining, but that, that, that's how you kind of, that's how you kind of are before the Lord. <laughs> you always want to be picked up. The only thing you really know about God is how much he loves you. Because he, he keeps picking you up and he just keeps doing this to you. Oh, come on now. This is what God does to you the first little while. But then God says, okay, you're going to grow now. And he puts you down. And he starts to say, okay, now I want you to walk. And you stand there for a while. <laughs> Where are you, God? Where are you? I used to feel the love. Where are you, God? No, no, I want you to walk. Let alone when he starts to show you what it means to be an apprentice in the things of God. I'm going to show you about the ministry. I'm going to show you about what it takes to really walk and to be used of God. That, that's, when, that's when you begin to have to have some strong legs. I mean, when you're a toddler, you're all over the place. Isn't that true? You're unstable, you're all over the place, you're bumping your head. I tell you, uh, the human body is an amazing design because, uh, you know, God gives us like, a, like a, an inbred helmet already. Our skulls are that strong. They can withstand any coffee table. <laughs> and your head finds them all. <laughs> but after a while, you start to walk a bit more steadfast. Can you say amen? Or do you remain a toddler in the things of God your whole life? Up and down, tripping and falling, bumps all over your head, keep coming to church. What happened to you? Ah, you don't know what happened to me. I have no clue how to walk. You know, black eye, you know, fat lip. God wants you to go deeper. You know, um, when I first started in the, uh, I was a machinist 
when I first started out in, in, in life, 18 years old, and I worked for this company in, in, in Pawtucket, Sheldahl was the name of it, and they, they made these big giant machines. But in any event, as an apprentice, they would put me in one department and keep me there for four, five, six months at a time until I really had that system of machines down. Then they would pick me up and say, okay, now you're gonna go learn all the milling machines. And then for six months, <clears throat> I just was in milling machines. And then they would pick me up and move me over here to just lathes. And I had to go into the lathe de department, just work on lathes. And then I had to go into the grinding department and just work on grinders. I mean, I had an apprenticeship where they, I, kept, I kept getting stronger and stronger in my ability to understand how things are made from all the different aspects. And God wants to do that with us. He doesn't want us to be toddlers for the rest of our lives doing poopy diapers. Amen? How long you been saved? I've been saved 10 years. And you still have a poopy diaper? How many know when you're 10 years old, it's a big poopy diaper? <laughs> this is theology. I mean, this is good. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is good. This is good. You don't get this in normal churches. <laughs> Number three, begin to exercise what God has already shown you. At least attain to the measure at which God has you. Don't go back. Once you've come to a certain measure of faith, once you've come to a certain truth, once you begin to understand what forgiveness is, you have to forgive. And once you begin to understand that on that level, God will bring you to a deeper level. Once you begin to understand what repentance is, God says, I want you to repent. And, 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 and as you do, God says, I'm going to bring you to a deeper place of repentance, a deeper place of conviction. Can you say amen? Sacrifice. See, we live in a world that is selfish. Selflessness is nowhere to be found. Every man for himself. But Jesus said, no, you're going to lay your life down. You're going to sacrifice for others. You're going to be used mightily in this area. But God is saying, listen, the area that you are sacrificing, and I want you to stretch out to that because I'm going to use you there. What God has shown you already exercise it do it and number four expand your spirit man by worshiping in the spirit now i i, I want to say that you know you could say this a lot of different ways but i think that there has to be something that's personal to you and god it has to be spontaneous it just can't be what somebody else is telling you to sing or say so you're in your car or you're in your house or wherever but you have to have a personal worship to the lord i love you god I think, I mean, you can, you can be watching your grandkids and start to talk to the Lord. God, you're so awesome. I thank you so much, Lord. I thank you so much, God. You, you might even pray in tongues while you're doing it or sing in tongues. You know, the Bible talks about sing a new song over and over and over again in the book of Psalms. Sing a new song. That's what it means is a spontaneous, your own song. Not just something somebody else wrote. What do you say? And as you do this, the Bible teaches us that our spirit man expands. And if, if I'm going to go deeper with the, God, with the Lord, I need for my spirit man to expand. I can't fit what God wants to do into the old me. Lord, help me to grow in my spirit man. And I do that by worshiping. I do that by worshiping in the car or at my house or in my, you know, wherever. 
caught in the grass. They say, I mean, it's a personal thing. Can you say amen? Do you understand what I'm talking about there? You have to push into that. You have to push into that. Lord, I just want to glorify your name. I just want to lift you up. Can you say amen? Don't be a baby in the spirit. Don't be a baby in the spirit. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I, God, you're great. Okay. That's it. That's all I got. You're a baby. Let the Holy Spirit begin to worship through you so that your spirit man begins to grow. And all of a sudden, the prophecy starts coming out of you. You start to say some things like Isaiah might say or Timothy might say. You start to say the same things that Paul the Apostle would have said because it's the same Holy Spirit in them that's now in you. My, my spirit man expand because, God, I don't want to stay where I was. I want to move on to what more you have for me. And I got to say it. As you exercise one level of faith, God will add a next level to you. As you understand one level of truth, God will unfold the next, next level of truth. As you obey in the simpler things, God will cause you to expand into the greater things. It's a promotion. It's a process. As you step into one level of freedom, God gives you the ability to conquer the next. But i got to step into this level of freedom, and then God is going to give me the ability to conquer the next with him. Can you say amen? Paul is talking about this in Hebrews, the fifth chapter. I believe Paul's the writer of Hebrews. And what's so amazing about the apostles is they, they did not apologize. They didn't back up. He says this in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, if you turn there in your big giant Bibles. In chapter 5, it says this in verse 11. <clears throat> Paul is teaching about Christ, the eternal priest. And it's, it's a powerful thing. You know, it's, it's a lot like Pastor Jordan has been teaching us. That there are deep things about Christ that we need to know and understand. It expands our spirit, man. And Paul is saying that to the, uh, the, the Hebrew Christians. But he says this. We have much to say about this. Christ, the eternal priest. But it's hard to explain to you because you are slow to learn. And he's in a kind way saying you're lazy about this stuff. You're lazy. In, in, in the King James, it says dull. You're dull of learning. In fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the very basic principles of God's word all over again. You need milk. Not solid food. You know what he's saying here? Another big insult. You need mommy's milk. This, this is not goat milk. This is not cow's milk. You need mommy's milk. Not meat. Not solid food. <laughs> Church is getting awfully serious on me here. I'm, I didn't write this. You know, this is Paul's letter to you. You got to move off mommy's milk. Amen? And onto some meat. As anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted, is not comprehending, is not understanding, is not putting together the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use. Solid food is for the person that is pressed in. Solid food is the person who's growing. Solid food is for the person that, that is an oak planting of the Lord who by constant use or who by exercising it, I'll tell you, a lot of times I think our Christianity has to become a lot more conscious to us. What are you doing in me right now, God? What are you pushing in me right now? What are you pulling out of me right now? 
What are you causing me to stretch out for right now? Because I'm in the middle of this exercise with the Lord. And God is saying, I'm not going to leave you here. You have to stretch to get there. And I'm working with you. I'm going to stretch you out in faith. Or I'm going to stretch you out in this area of forgiveness. I'm going to stretch you out in this area of love. I'm going to stretch you. You're going to have to exercise this. Who by constant use, by constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil, to discern good from evil. I become a discerner of what God's doing. I become one who understands this is, this is, this is, this is good. This is evil. I know what my family needs to, to do. I know what we need to say. Can you say amen? I'm not clueless. I think that, can I say this in a kind way? If we're not careful, the church in this day and age can become clueless, indoctrinated, befuddled, snookered. Those are all theological words that happens to the church when we don't know how to distinguish good from evil. Hold on a second. Let me process this. Let me bring this to the Lord. I have me and my house, and we're not just going to be snookered here. Amen? I'm going to look into the Word of God, and I'm going to follow Him and what He says. Can you say amen? And there might be some pressure. There might be some persecution, but I will not fade. I'm going to be an oak of righteousness here. i got a root system. You can't just blow me over with a little tiny bit of wind here. I'm not, I'm not buying into that little wind you got going there. Well, everybody else is. Fine. Not me. Amen. Let me ask you about this truth. The truth that God answers prayer. This is a truth we would understand. Isn't that, isn't that, this is a truth we get. God answers prayer. You know, uh, but maybe the situation that you're in right now is the perfect situation for you to understand this on a deeper level. That God answers prayer. The situation that you're right in, is, in right now is just a, a step deeper than the last time you had to believe. You know, when we first start to understand that God answers prayer, it's the little things. Isn't it true? We, we begin to pray and we see God instantly, sometimes miraculously, answer little prayers. Like, where are my keys? Isn't that true? Or at Christmas time, I need a parking spot right up near the front. Oh, thank you, Lord. I, I love it because people actually give God the credit. And I can't, I can't, I can't deny that it, somehow that was a miracle. <laughs> Parking spot opened up. Or for me, it's that there's a double chocolate muffin still left in the uh, display case when I get there. You know? But, but then God moves you deeper into this truth that he answers prayer. When you pray for a job, because you really need this job, or you really need this situation to open up. And, and here's how God takes us deeper and deeper into these different truths. It's like a cycle. It goes deeper. It starts out little. It starts out instant, but it, then it starts to just go deeper where God is saying, I need you to pray on a deeper level. I'm going to still answer prayer, but you're going to understand something on a deeper level about how I answer prayer. This is the truth that God wants us to get, to really understand that God answers prayer. God doesn't answer worry. He doesn't answer fear. He doesn't answer complaining. He doesn't answer whining which is what we do when we're a baby Christian. That's what we do when we're baby Christian. <laughs> and God says, I'm not answering that. Because I want to teach you 
But that's not what I answer. I answer faith exercised in prayer. And when you apprehend things by faith in prayer, God shows you you can apprehend deeper and deeper things in prayer. You can apprehend complicated things. Miraculous things. Difficult. Impossible. Apprehend them by prayer. You know, uh, when Nancy and I were uh, looking for a house, we were very young in the Lord. And um, we were looking for a house. We were living in an apartment and we wanted a house. And I remember the Lord spoke to me and said, tell her to write down everything she wants in a house. And I said, honey, the Lord says, write down everything you want in a house. So we had to figure out what that is, you know. Well, I would like, I would like, can I write down what kind of kitchen cabinets I want? Write it down. So, so she, can I write down what kind of, yeah, write it down. Can I write down I want a fireplace? Write it down. So anyway, Nancy ends up with this giant list of things. On, I had one thing, two-car garage. <laughs> <laughs> but we had this list of things that we wanted. And what was so amazing about it is that God told us, write that stuff down and then pray over that little sheet of paper. You know what? After we got our house, we pulled out that little sheet of paper and we could not believe every single thing was exceedingly abundantly beyond what we asked and hoped for on that sheet of paper. God taught us a deeper level of believing him and praying for these things. Things that people tell you will not ever happen. You can pray and believe God for. This is a deeper truth. This is a deeper understanding. There's so many of them. God, will you teach us about what it means to have a deeper understanding of prayer? God, will you teach us what it means to have a deeper understanding of forgiveness? Will you teach us what it means to have a deeper understanding of repentance? What is repentance, God? Why does my repentance not stick? What is godly sorrow? What is forgiveness? What is repentance, Lord? Teach me about it. What is conviction of sin? Teach me, Lord. Teach me about what sacrifice is, true sacrifice. You know, nowadays we think sacrifice is, look, if I'm on my way, I'll help you out. True sacrifice is whether you're on your way or not, go help the person. But it's, it's a deeper level of us understanding what it means to display the splendor of God as a Christian man, as a Christian woman in the earth. And it's not just by standing at the threshold of your Christianity and saying, I'm a baby in Christ. There's more than that. <clears throat> Paul said this in Philippians, the third chapter. I press on. I press on. Toward the goal. What is the goal? To be an oak of righteousness. I press on toward the goal, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There's a calling on your life. There's a high calling on your life. There's a heavenly calling on your life. And it's not to be a baby Christian. It's not to be a waffle, a waverer. Can I say ignorant? I don't really know much about the Bible. Well, how long have you been saved? Paul said, if by, by now you should be teachers. You know, th th those Christians were five years in the Lord, 
five years. And he said, by now you should be teachers. He was, he was convicting them. How long will it take for you to start to say, Lord, I need to know the deeper things of God. I need to walk with some other Christians that want to know the deeper things of God. We're coming into a dark time. I need for my Christianity to not be surface. We're coming into some shaky times. I need for my Christianity to not be shaky. I pray, God, let me be an oak of righteousness. Let me put on the full armor of God. Let me be strengthened in the spirit. Let my mind understand the deeper things, God, that you want me to understand. Let me press in to the truths. You know, the preachings on Sunday that we've had are so deep. I pray that you take your Bibles and go back over it during the week and say, Lord, teach me. Teach me these deeper truths, Lord. I don't just want to punch my card at church and think that that is going to be the cause for me to grow into a mighty oak for my children and my grandchildren. God has more for you than that. He wants you to display the splendor. I press on. In verse 15, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. I just want to go back to Isaiah 61 one more time. As you stand to your feet, let me read this to you. They followers of Christ, will be called oaks of righteousness. Oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. No matter where you're at right now, God has more for you. No matter how you've walked up till now, God has a deeper walk for you. Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind, I press on. Because I didn't do everything right, I press on. I didn't consider the things I should have, I press on. I press on. I do believe, Lord, that your word over my life is that I would be an oak of righteousness. I believe that, God. I ask you, Lord, help me, Lord, to walk Help me, Lord, to put one step in front of the other. Help me, God, to walk as a young man, a young woman, growing in the mighty things of God. No matter where it is you were at, up until this point, God has today as a new day. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.